Okay, we are officially live. I have an incredible guest joining me today, so I'm gonna give her a moment to hop on. Her name is Nikki. She is a client of mine. She's been working with us for, wow, a few months inside Design to Scale and already so much has changed in her life and in her business. Hi, Jennifer, so grateful to see you here today. Um, so she's gonna be, Nikki is going to be um, joining me in a moment. She is a developmental editor and she is so freaking good at what she does. So I'm beyond, beyond, beyond excited to be able to chat with her today. She should be joining me momentarily. In the meantime, guys, can you let me know? Um, oh, I'm outside and I got a wasp on my phone, so that's fun. Um, can you just let me know if you guys can hear me okay? I am outside, so I want to make sure that the... I am outside, and so there's motorcycles. I want to make sure that you guys can hear me okay. Uh, so just go ahead and let me know in the chat if you guys can hear me. And we're just going to wait for Nikki to join us here. Guys, how is your Thanksgiving going? Happy Thanksgiving to all of our uh, friends in... Um, Canada. I am in Canada, in Toronto. So happy Thanksgiving. Again, she should be joining us here any moment now. She's a developmental editor, um, and she is so freaking good at what she does. She is a wizard at helping you guys get books out of your souls and into your computer or into your, your pages, wherever you're writing those down, and then actually launching them and pushing them out into the world. So Nikki's going to be joining me in a moment here. I'm curious, though, how many of you guys have a desire to write your own book or to launch a book into the world if that's you please let me know in the comment section below um chrisanne says oh let me know if i'm saying that wrong not thanksgiving here yet happy thanksgiving northern friends yes we do celebrate at a little bit of a different time um oh and nikki is here perfect so we're gonna invite nikki nikki is gonna join us here now I'm actually just going to take a step inside because the wasps are real out here and that's not fun for any of us. So, Nikki, let me know when you are here. Nikki. Where you at, Nikki? Come on. Got quite a few of you guys here. I hope you guys are having a really great day. Hi, Ping. So happy you're here. I'm here. Sorry, I like got a little chilly for me. And my kids. All good. We've got you. I'm happy about that. Awesome. How are you doing? I am doing good. How are you? Let me clean my lens. Oh my gosh. There we go. That. Okay. <laughs> a little bit better. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yes, you too. And I'm really excited to like talk, talk shop, talk about all the things. So. Excuse me, all the things. So why don't you start off, first of all, by letting everyone who's watching, we've got six people live with us, which is awesome. Um, letting them, oh, I did say her name right, Chrisanne. I'm just popping into the comments. Um, letting us know who you are, what you do, what your magical wizard skills are in terms of books and writing. Yes, yes. So I'm, I'm Nikki Aubercat, um, or just Nikki. Um, I am a book editor. I'm a storyteller. I'm actually... The cool part is I'm a cultural anthropologist and that fuels everything else that I do. So I don't just edit books. Yeah, Christy. <laughs> yes, she's, she's my, one of my clients. Um, amazing. I don't just edit the book. Um, I actually help you grow your storytelling skills. And I even have a course on 
writing as far as like storytelling because you can technically be a great writer but boring as all heck yes, you, you at all <laughs> doesn't help people get to the end of your book that's for sure exactly exactly you could be the most grammatically perfect person on the planet but if you're not telling a good story it's not going to sell it's not going to do you any good so that's what i focus on and that's what developmental editing is it's like are you telling a good story so how did you end up doing this work? Because I know you've got a wild story of your own. Can you let us in on a little bit of like what that's looked like over yeah. the years for you and how you landed here? Um, <laughs> well, I started with reading Rainbow when I was like three. <laughs> but no, like I, I literally grew up with stories. Um, and I grew up with older grandparents because they adopted my mom when they were in their 40s, which is very unusual. And so I actually grew up surrounded by books from around the world that were way older than what you typically have at home. Uh, I mean, I, for reference, I grew up reading the original first edition of The Wizard of Oz full collection. And oh, that cool. was a rare experience. So I grew up with this appreciation and passion for stories and global folklore. And so when I went into my anthropology studies, that's really what drove me into anthropology, as well as Indiana Jones. But... You know, <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, Indiana Jones, yeah, Harrison Ford and LeVar Burton were the two main, like, big instigators of my life career. Um, but no, so what's interesting is I wanted to be an editor, and I also wanted to be an author back when I was a teenager, but at that time, your only option to do that was to move to New York City and work for a big five. And really what that meant was fetching coffee for a bunch of people who would not recognize you for a long time first. <laughs> yeah, and I knew I wanted to work from home. And at that point, that was for uh, married women with children who their work was really just keep, and then there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I still want to do that. <laughs> but, you know, like there were, it just, I feel so old saying this, but I still had to pay per word for text, okay? That's <laughs> limited technology was at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I have not been there in a really long time. <laughs> I, I even like, I don't know if you saw my reel, but I have a reel where it's like, you know, you know, tell me you're ancient without telling me you're ancient. And it's like the last, because I recently re-dived into InDesign to help Chrissy with uh, typesetting her book. The last time I used InDesign, we still had iMac blueberries. And you were still paying for what, like texting was for rich people. Um, yeah, like- Imagine our phone bills like, if we had to pay for text messages now. <laughs> I know. I think, I think a whole other writing would happen, you know? <laughs> uh, so I think like a lot of things in my life have always been a couple of decades ahead of my time. Like yeah. even I said, really quick, I got in trouble for spending over $600 in internet fees because I was a couple of decades ahead, you know, thinking yeah. it's free to use the internet. And during that time, <laughs> it's not free to use the internet. You know, so that's where I was in my career. I knew what I wanted. It just wasn't available. And so I kind of forgot about it. To be perfect. You, yeah, it's, so what what happened after your education in anthropology? Like, what did you do after that part of your journey? I did hair. Okay. Um, I Okay, so when 2008 happened, my dreams of becoming a globetrotting archaeologist went down the tubes. Um, because I was at a very prestigious college. I had uh, my professor, just, just to kind of highlight that, my professor, yeah. who was like personally advising me, is friends with Mel Gibson. 
because he's the guy who unlocked the the Mayan blue like formula and it happened around the same time apocalypse this whole thing so that's how up there I was and that's how hard I felt and and where I lived you were basically either a bartender a barista or a hairdresser that was or you were a doctor or a lawyer or a farmer and even those were just like unappealing so I, I went into hair um and that ended up actually paying for me to go back to school um and there was a whole thing with that but no so after I finally got my degree I was finally able to go back finish my degree I even went to grad school which is awesome um, and was working towards my PhD still kind of am but I'm not as big of a rush for that anymore <laughs> it's funny how that shifts when your life changes doesn't it <laughs> well yeah especially when what I want to study nobody else wants to study and they kind of have right. this rule in the PhD world where you have to study what someone else is studying and I told my professor I'm like then why study it <laughs> what's the point <laughs> exactly, exactly so but I obviously was not happy doing hair I really wasn't yeah. And I did try my gosh darn hardest to build my own business in that. And then again, right when I got up super high, everything exploded. Yeah. And then what? And then I had like 20 bucks by name and I'm like, I can't stay in this town. I literally couldn't stay in the town. I was basically, yeah. I moved to Chicago. I had no connections. I had no job. I had no, like the only connection I had to make it feasible was my sister and she didn't even live in Chicago. Um, she lived in, in Indiana, but there was a train that went in, um, and I went a couple months pretty much hungry trying to find anything to, to land on so I could at least get established in the city. Um, so then I became an administrator for a very high-end salon and, and really did actually make some really good friends, really good connections in the city, was able to move in. Um, and then and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> Again, you get up high. And <laughs> We're breaking that pattern. You know we are. We're breaking that pattern. Yeah. So the pandemic hit. And what did, so what did your business look like during the pandemic? Or did you have one at the beginning? Like, tell me what, what kind of shifted and took place in that time for you? I really enjoyed doing nothing. Mm. Um, but the nature of what I had been doing was very much in line with what people are running from now. This great, uh, the great resignation we're going through. I'm proudly part of that. It's very, I actually just got done talking with somebody this morning about how dehumanizing uh, service-based industries can be. And, they, and, and when you work in a high-end situation, you listen to high-end, wealthy one percenters talk and say things and treat you. Like, you know, so when the pandemic hit, I was enjoying the time off. Yeah, you are enjoying and, the space. And I was taking inventory of like, what is it that makes me so happy that I'm not working? You know, and at the same time, I also found out during that quarantine um, that I thought I was getting paid very well. I really did. It was double what I'd ever been paid in my entire life. And then I found out that to run an entire company and do basically the job of four different people, I was getting paid the exact same as the local Starbucks barista. Been there. That was not a joyous return to that office. <laughs> and it, just, and it, it, it snowballed from there. It really, the, the more I stayed there and the more I saw people just let everything go to their heads in the worst ways, the more I was like, I gotta get out of here. Gotta change. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so was that when you started having the ideas for bringing your love of editing online? No. No? <laughs> when, no. when did that hit? One day, I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this. And I went in to resign. And at the exact, I mean, before I can even say, guys, I'm leaving, they said, you're terminated. Wow. And I'm like, can we just say I resigned? Because that was my whole point of coming here. And they're like, no, we're firing you. I'm like, but I want to leave. And so I spent a good month of just not, not again, not doing anything. Because at that point, I'm like, I knew I didn't want to go back to that. Yeah. And I knew that that exists everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the salon industry. It's not just pick an industry. That mentality exists everywhere. And I didn't want to go back to that. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay, what can I do that I know how to do really well? At that same time, I've been editing my friend's book. Hmm. And he, what, he designed his own cover. He did the typeset. And it's a really good book. And then I'm like, what, what if I just kept doing this? <laughs> of not charging you because I didn't charge you. I actually charged people for this. He's like, well, there's a novel idea also. Please don't make me pay you. And I'm like, no, no. You're and that, that's what- I hope he gave you a good testimonial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So while I'm trying to figure my life out, I was already doing the work. But to me at that moment, I was just doing it for a friend. I wasn't even thinking about it until we just had this conversation and we're like, so what would it look like if this was actually something I did? And what's interesting is that when I threw this idea out to my community, like my friends, my family, I don't know if you've experienced this where you've had ideas before and they're all like, oh, yeah. yeah nice. Good. Yeah. Get a job. The <laughs> response was, it's about damn time. There you go. I was like, so I'm a book editor now, apparently. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I love that because one of the things that like I always teach and I always say is, Oftentimes the things people come to you for support with without knowing that you offer it as a service are some of the biggest clues into what you can turn into a business or what you can potentially turn into something that supports you. And that happened in your life 100%. It was just this thing. It sounds like this through line that you loved reading, you loved literature, you loved understanding culture and storytelling. And it's been there like your whole life through. And then finally, it's like you have this moment of like, Oh, I get it now. I understand why all of these things happen to me. Exactly. Um, that's incredible. I, I will say too, I think like the, and I still get chills and this is so apropos for today being indigenous recognition day. And just, if you haven't seen my post, you should, I just, I had things to say, but anyways, what, what that, that pinnacle, like there's no going back moment for me was, was actually when I took a day to go to the field museum and they had a new exhibit called Absaluke Women and Warriors. Mm -hmm. And um, it was completely curated by Absaluke women and completely uh, supported by the First Nation. And just, it was, it's the first of its kind, at least for this area. And then like, the, and I asked them, I'm like, this would be the first of many, I hope. Cause instead of having some, I'll say what it is, instead of having some random white people try to tell their story, you had yeah. the actual community telling their own story. And there was a particular part of the, I was like practically in tears the whole time. It's a beautiful exhibit, but there was a particular okay. moment where they have this huge area where they're showing like the shields of the warriors and how the women symbolically protect their warriors by protecting their shields. And each shield had a story behind it. Each symbol meant something. There was a reason why. And then there is this one. And sorry, I'm getting like emotional thinking about it again. Oh. It, it pissed me off so much. 
Like I wanted to scream and cry and kick things because the plaque said, unfortunately, we have no idea what the shield means. The guy who, I'm just paraphrasing, the guy who took it from the tribe probably didn't take it ethically, probably stole it, and he didn't care what it meant. It was just, it looked neat to him, and he just wanted to add it to his collection. So we'll never know who owned it, why it was made, what the story, the story was lost. Yeah. And that made me so mad. <laughs> and it also made me realize in that moment, staring at this plaque, like wanting to beat up some dead guy, <laughs> you know, like, that's what I'm about. I'm all about stories because stories are more than just entertainment. They're how we preserve our history and our culture and our memory. And when they're lost, there's so much more loss than that. And that's, that's my point of no return, really. They're also like story is the most powerful form of communication that we have. And, you know, story. And it's so funny that <laughs> I always wanted to be a publisher. <laughs> I went to school to be a publisher, which is really funny. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Um, I always thought I would be, you know, reading books and editing book lines. I loved literature growing up just like you, but I ended up going into the digital side of publishing versus the print side of publishing, which is what I was trained in. Um, but story has always been the thing that moves me. And when we think about it, it's not just me and it's not just you. Story is the thing that moves everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Story is what books and magazines and uh, movies and literally everything we see that's emotional and moves us is based around the story, the hero journey, the archetype of the hero. And you know that I love the hero's journey and I love the hero story because we use it in the program. But what happened after that? So you, you know, you had this moment where you realized the story was lost and was that what kind of catapulted you into helping others harness their story so they don't get lost? Is that exactly, kinda... exactly. preserving it? And, and really, so like in my course, for example, I know like Christy could definitely, like she, she was in it when we did the boot camp. Um, I know like initially the intent was just to like talk about like writing techniques, but really, and this again, it comes like what's so important to me is like when you write something, when you're writing a book, yeah. you're trying to communicate something that means something to you and you're utilizing a fictional world and you're creating fictional characters to communicate something very, very real to you. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Yeah, yeah. And wow. I know, can you give us a couple little tips? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always bring up Stephanie Myers because like Twilight, you know, you, there's the love it camp and the hate it camp. Um, the movies are terrible, the books are okay. Uh, but the reason why I always reference her is because it literally started with just a dream she randomly had. Like she just woke up. It was just a dream about two people in the woods. She wasn't sure what was going on, but she wrote it down. And through it, and as it grew, she communicated a lot of her own personal uh, faith, her, her own, because she's Mormon. And right. so a lot of- Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she's Mormon. Um, that makes so much sense now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, learning new things. Didn't know uh, that. Of Bella wanting to be a, a vampire and Edward going, no. It's not even about vampires. It's actually about sex. Yeah, it's about sexuality. And she's like, I want to be just like you. And he's like, I didn't have a choice. So there's, there's this whole undertone of, you know, it's not just about being part of the crowd. It's about having choice and agency over yourself, your body, your life. And he didn't want to take that from her. And, so, and these are things that matter a lot to Stephanie Meyer. And right. It is actually a big topic of discussion within the Mormon community. I have family, like, big term of my family is Mormon. So we talk about this a lot. 
you know, and so she's communicating this through these books. Started with just a weird dream she had one night, <laughs> you know, and I genuinely did not know that she was Mormon. But now that I think about what it means to be a part of that community, I too have, you know, connections inside Mormon or Mennonite type communities. That makes so much freaking sense. It's blowing my mind. Like I'm almost having a hard time keeping track of our conversation because I'm just like <laughs> thinking like, of like, all of yeah, the links. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Guys, if you knew that, can you let me know in the comments? Like, am I the only one living under a rock here? Because I need to know. Wow. Incredible. So if someone today, because I know a lot of what you do is developmental editing, but I know that you also have courses to help people actually take that idea and turn it into a story. So if someone does wake up from a dream and think, wow, maybe this could be something like, what would you recommend? It's like the first thing that they do. Look at those two people in the dream or whatever. It, and this is, this is exactly where this course even starts. Yeah. Story starts with two people always. And even if the scene in your head only has one person physically present, somebody else is on the or somebody else has led to this moment where they're there in person. So no matter what story you're trying to tell, it always starts with two people. And then you start asking questions like, like you're interviewing them. Like, okay, so why are you here? Where do you come from? Who are your parents? What's your family like? Um, <laughs> you know, like, what makes you weird? What makes you fun? What makes me hate you? Like, you, you really, you start, like, digging into these things. And, like, who, and then I always branch out. Like, when you have your secondary characters, those are typically the two most important people to that one person. Everybody has it. You have two people in your life who are so pivotal to your existence that if they were to suddenly vanish, you will never be the same again. This is a very real thing that happens to every person in humanity, yeah. they all have two people that if they suddenly vanish from the book, you're never the same. Yeah. Those are your secondary characters. So you're kind of building like a little bit of a family tree almost too. It's kind of how I'm picturing it. Like you've yeah. got your main and then you've got your kind of secondaries who are really integral to even bringing the main person to life in some ways, giving her character, helping her have a personality or him or she or they, however they identify. Um, the two people are really there to kind of give her context in some ways. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, and by the end of just that section, because it's, it's the who section, there yeah. is a map. You have a whole map. It starts with your two people. And by the end, by the end total, you have near 20 characters thought up. Right. Think, but it's how they're related to each other. Because even yeah. your secondary characters in their own minds are their own primary characters. So they have two right. people. Are, but those two people who are important to them are also important to your primary character or important to you. But if they were to drop off the face of the earth, it probably wouldn't permanently change you, but it would impact some of the decisions that you make. Yeah. And sure. I also group the, the, that tier, that layer into your community. Because what happens, your community still affects the decisions that you make. It's usually in the community where you as the author and the writer push your personal beliefs or whatever that you're trying to get. It's not even through the, the main characters. It's usually through the community because your main characters are what you're using to bounce the idea off. Right. To validate it, to give feedback, to help push the narrative forward. Right. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Uh, pulling the twilight thing, for example, there's the, you know, the Colin family are vegetarians. That's a yeah. Thing, and they're kind of outliers in their community. Yeah. So 
that does impact your primary characters. Right. What, however it is, it's a community aspect. It all trickles down one way or another into the community, into the whole book, into the, the pre precipice of the whole thing. Right. right. There? Probably not. <laughs> and when you take Stephanie Meyer's personal faith into that narrative, here is a family, here is a group of people who, unlike the rest of their society, don't push their uh, hunger on, on others. And you think about the Mormon community, they don't engage in sexually liberal activities. Correct. It's very right. uh, counterculture. And so she's in this book, you have a smaller community, a family set that's counterculture to their own community, which is just, it's, it's a layer. It's a transparency layer over, she's using them to represent her own community her own. culture to what's usually considered normal. That's insane. So what you're essentially saying is just get really curious about the people who you had this dream about. Just get curious about them. Give yeah. them as much context as you can. Ask them questions. Treat them like they're people. Just trust what comes back as an answer. And that's how you really just start to get something from an idea into potentially something that's workable into a story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, okay, just get curious. <laughs> Say plot twist, pun intended. This is applicable to business storytelling as well. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I'm loving this conversation. I'm all about the curiosity, just getting curious, you know. Um, so tell me about what you've created since you've joined our community, because I know that you have some incredible ways for people to, to work with you. And I know that we even have, um, we have a question here in the chat for you, so we'll answer that in a second. Um, I see you, Megan, we'll answer you. Um, but I know that there's so many different ways to work with you. So what are the things that you've created since being in our community? What do they look like? Who are they for? Well, I've created a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I like when I joined the community, I had an operable like Wix site. Like okay. yeah. I had something for people to visit that validated me that like, yes, I'm real and not a scam. <laughs> Here I exist. You know, and then after joining the your community, after joining, joining Design to Scale, I've got a full on like course membership. I have a mini course. I have actually a challenge, a three day challenge coming up for NaNoWriMo. I have a really pretty website that's way better than the one I started off with. Um, so yeah, there's there's a couple of different ways that you, we can work together. Um, the I'll start with the challenge because that's kind of like a, a once a year thing. NaNoWriMo is the National Novel Writing Month. It starts every November. And this year, um, I'm um, PlanSit really condenses the big course into basically three days. And so yeah. the challenge is an opportunity for you to you to do PlanSit, but with me. Like I'm there and we're doing this together. And then, and what Plansit does is again, it condenses everything into like three really like intensive days, but it gets the, the book writing process so like hyper moving. It's crazy how fast you start, you find yourself, how much you find yourself writing. It helps you meet the goals. Cause the goal of NaNoWriMo is 50,000 words by the end of the month. For some wow. people, that's a complete book for others that's completing your book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you. You're my favorite. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> 
you yeah. explain to me a little bit what plants it is for people who may not know? Because oh, yes, I yes. know it's something kind of specific and unique to the writing community. So yeah, let's fill people in on that. To me, I'm just like, yeah, plants it. You know, thank you. <laughs> um, a big question a lot of uh, new writers have, and actually even seasoned writers have, they're always revisiting their strategies. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Do you map everything out, outline it, create a to-do list, like, you know, right. point, 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 point. And is that how you write? Or are you a pantser? Do you just fly by the seat of your pants? Whatever comes out, comes out. Um, there's benefits to both and there's not so great Yeah. But when you're a plotter, yeah, you've got your beginning, middle, and end figured out, but you've also kind of cornered yourself into right. those marks. So if anything new happens, what, what then? What do you but do? For a pantser, you may never stop writing. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Christy is saying that she's a pantser. <laughs> and you know, like, like I said, there's nothing wrong with both, but then you do run into these hiccups. I, I decided to become a plantser. And I, I practice this on myself, and that's actually how I got halfway through my new novel, which is coming out in April, um, that I'm going to finish during NaNoWriMo, because I'm declaring it to the universe. I have already been, but now you all heard it. You got to hold me to it. <laughs> but no, like, what it does is it takes the concepts of plotting, but the creativity of, of pantsing together, so plantsing. Mm -hmm. um, and so the three-day challenge, I want to walk you through how you can do both. So you get everything mapped out, but then you have the rest of the month to just go for it. Right. Just, you know, do what you want to do. Whatever you have to do to make that story happen, make it happen. But at least you, you have mark points. You've got right. some sort of structure in there. And really having that structure does help push it along. Cool. So it allows you to take the best of both worlds. You kind of give yourself a general loose outline, but then it allows you to allow yourself to trust where it takes you and kind of shift and adapt as you go. Yes. Yes. The cool. hero's journey is a perfect example. That is a plot line um, that is very, yes. very popular. But then pantsing through that is just, okay, you have ideas that you, you know you want to have happen. So yeah. put those wherever the, they relate to the points in the hero's journey, but then just keep filling it out with more ideas. You know, every time you have a new idea, just figure out, okay, where does it fit? Where does it go? Where can I slot this into some of the structure that I've already put in place in a way that makes sense and still really flows? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so that three-day challenge is something that you're doing. Is it free? Is it paid? How um, do we join it? <laughs> it's just $25. Incredible. That's it? Yeah. That's it. For the challenge, if you want the lifetime access, like basically have the course as well as all the challenges and everything, it's an additional 25, but then you, you don't have to pay for anything else after that in this. So wait, 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 wait. If anyone here is watching and wants to write a book or understand the process of starting to write a book, they can join your challenge for $25 and actually start the process of getting yeah. their book out. Yeah. Like you can give them that initial boost of momentum. Oh yeah. For, for $25? 25 bucks. Yep. Okay, guys, if you're watching this and you have a desire to write a book, please just go hit that buy button now because that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's insane. Just to sweeten the deal because this comes from very much understanding the starving artist saying that this is a very... Yeah. Whoever joins the challenge and actually finishes their book by November 30th. So this is accountability. I'm keeping you held to this. 
this. You're gonna be entered into a draw. I'm gonna throw everything into like my coffee mug or whatever. The person whose name gets selected gets the full editing package on the house. Incredible. And wow. just, I, I say we as in starting in January, I'm actually gonna become an agency. It's not gonna be just me anymore. I know, I wasn't, we weren't there yet. I was <laughs> So we're talking cover design, typesetting, developmental editing, wow. editing. We're gonna get your proof set up. We're gonna help you just get published. My only caveat is I am not a marketer. <laughs> That's why you have me, Nikki. <laughs> I'll source the marketing side, but no. Honestly, things like this typically cost about six grand. Yeah. I know. But if you're if you're serious about your career as an author, if you're serious about making this book happen and you make it happen. I want to help you make it happen even after that point. So that's why I'm throwing that in there as a little sweet in the pot deal. I love it. So that's the first way is to join your challenge, the plants at challenge. The other one that you have is a full on program. What does that look like? That is a lot more intensive. Um, so okay. it still helps you utilize the plants it concept, but it, it, there is very broken down. So you've got, it breaks down in many sections, the character development, who, um, how to world build, how to you know, define your message as much as your character's um, concepts. My favorite section is you know, figuring out your protagonist and your antagonist because villains can be very gray area. It's brilliant. The, yeah, I, I'll put it this way. My book that I'm coming out with has a big boss villain that's going to be, because this going to be a series. And I'm just so excited because there's no way you're gonna know that's the villain. I was, that's the only giveaway I can get. Nobody's gonna know this guy's a villain or this girl's a villain. Like, and that's what I love about protagonists and antagonists. The, the less red herring you make them, the better. So that's my favorite section. But no, I mean, you, it could take you, it could take you a couple weeks to get through it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, and you also get the hands-on support with me. Perfect. Um, and is it designed for someone who like, someone who just has an idea or should this, should this person who like wants more in-depth support be further along in the process or like, who is it for really? Um, you can, you can start with just having an idea and wanting to know how to write a book, like okay, how to, how to tell a story. Um, Beautiful. and if you have questions on like the technical side, like gra grammar, spelling and all that, like I'm always here to help it. I will say that it does focus on storytelling because again, right. You could be great or terrible at writing, but, the important part is you have to have a good story. Can you tell a story? Can you move people with your words? And does it portray what you want it to? Okay, yeah. cool. So that's the second way that people can work with you. Yes. Um, where can we join that? Or should they just DM you? What do we do? I would say right now, DM me. DM you? Yeah, Perfect. DM me. And it is, it's, it's a bit more than the challenge. <laughs> Full transparency. But even right now, it's off from what it will eventually be. Well, and you know what? I say this all the time. Like, the number one thing blocking anybody from doing anything is support, right? Whether you're losing weight, writing a book, launching a course, like trying to keep your house cleaner, like support is the number one thing and accountability and like someone to actually talk to is the number one things that stop people from actually getting to where they want to go. So the fact that that's like integrated really deeply into your program means it's worth whatever the price is. Like, yeah, really. I think anyone who has been listening to this from the beginning and has heard how passionate you are about writing, about storytelling, about making sure that our stories are heard, can understand and see the value in what it is that you're doing. Like that's exactly. so unbelievably clear to me. And you want somebody 
who's passionate about it. Like I can just see it in your face. It's like me when I talk about funnels and courses, right? Like I glow, you're glowing right now, just talking yeah. about antagonists and protagonists. And like, that's a certain type of person who's gonna be excited about well, that. Here, here's what's going on right now, which also has me super excited. Going back, you know what I said earlier that I wanted to do this years ago, but the technology wasn't there. Yeah, It's here. And here. what that means, if you're not me, <laughs> is that the self-publishing industry is in a boom. Now is the time to write your book. And now yeah. is the time to be your own self-published author. And I've been pushing to self-publishing because I also found out, you know, doing the research, traditional publishing is on a downward slope and they're requiring authors they take on to do the same amount of work that you would do as a self-published author. So yeah. why not keep all the profits? Why not be your own business? Why not have all the control over your work? If you're going to do the same, out of work Amen. why not have that free agency for yourself amen that's what i said when i was like doing marketing for big companies i was like wait a second i can generate them millions or i could do this for me and generate me millions i think i'll do it for me exactly exactly <laughs> and as more people are part of this great resignation and spending more time with their families they have a lot more time to read like the sales I was, there's actually an article that came out on linkedin yesterday there's a supply chain crunch in the printing of books yeah. because sales are at all-time high and here's the fantastic part a vast majority of those books are self-published yeah crazy that's so cool thank you kind of amazon i know amazon kdp plays a gigantic role in self-publishing so thank you amazon <laughs> and ingram spark and i will amazon kdp is like if you're on a super tight budget and you just want something out in the universe you just want it out there okay <laughs> If you want that that door to Barnes and Noble, that door to Target, those doors, Ingram Spark opens those doors. You know, and it's it's not like they even go out of their way for anything. It's just it's an extra layer of visibility that you get yeah. going that way. Christy and I decided for her book we're going to go that route. I'm going to go that route for my book. I I want a Netflix deal. I I already have the theme song picked out for the trailer. <laughs> Maybe you should help me write a book. Um, okay, wait, we've got a couple questions here that are around the same uh, thing. So I want to make sure that we ask them. Yes. So Megan wanted to know, she says, I feel like I have a memoir in me, but I have no idea how to start. Do you help with memoirs? Yes, yes. Memoirs really run parallel to fiction narratives. Because um, memoirs, you have so much liberty to talk about yourself. You don't have right. to fall into the stringent lines of traditional nonfiction. Okay, so yes to memoirs. So, and for those of people who may not be familiar with the difference between a memoir and fiction, nonfiction, <laughs> my brain's not functioning. Okay, can you just fill people in on what that looks like? Fiction, everything's a lie. <laughs> everything's a lie. <laughs> everything's made up. Uh, nonfiction, everything's true. So you do have fact. to make sure your facts are chef's kiss or you're gonna get sued or something or people get mad at you or all of the above um memoirs it's your story so you could say i woke up in area 51 and that's how i got here it's your story we'll never really know if it's true but we can't sue you over it because you didn't say this by anything you know this is your story you know what i mean like <laughs> so you have a lot of liberty that is the best description of a memoir I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I, and there's a, 
I bring that because I actually, I have Facebook groups that kind of like, you'll know, take temps on like how things are going with writers. And one person actually had this question. She's like, my mom wants me to write her memoir, but she's starting to tell me things I've never heard before. And the CIA was involved. Like, is she telling the truth? Like, do, do I just never, never know? Right? <laughs> and I, I told her, I'm like, it's not your story to tell. It's hers. So yeah. write whatever she tells you. And if the CIA were involved, they were involved. I mean, that's not your problem. That's hers. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's incredible. Um, Camp Graydon says, can you help with nonfiction? And I'm guessing that's a yes. I can. Um, certain topics. Okay. But if you're into history and anything social science, yes. You want math involved? No. <laughs> no. Technology? No. And that's because those are your passions, right? That's your knowledge. That's your passion. So like doing the fact checking, helping the story align, all that kind of stuff is going to be yeah. much easier for you. Yeah. Okay. That, that's where my, my scholastic academic anthropologist side comes to play is the nonfiction when it is in like the social science field. So like if it, if you're looking at writing about a civilization or something historical, or so, absolutely. I do that all the time. Um, but I also say there's other nonfiction where it is more mathematical. It is more... Yeah high-tech no. not not for you no ai books in your future <laughs> no my physics professor gave me a mercy d because i quote no amount of repeating this course is going to make you any better at math <laughs> so that i am not the person to trust with your medical journals or your mathematics layouts or anything um i'm so glad that hollywood did a lot of michael crichton movies because have you ever tried reading his books? No. Are they awful? I, I love the film timeline. I couldn't finish the first three chapters because he spent an entire chapter trying to explain why his science works. Nobody cares. If you care about how fictional science works, you care too much. <laughs> but he cares a lot. So Hollywood I love that. threw that out the window for obvious reasons. 14 pages, I got 14 pages of math and science wow. to explain how the rest of the book was possible. It's fiction. Who cares? Nobody. <laughs> Some people, they're not our people, though. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Some people, not our people. Um, Megan says, I'd love to write a memoir about my experiences with mental health. So that's something Absolutely. you could support her around. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got Plants at Challenge coming up. $25 help you get your book started and rolling. Guys, $25 is unreal. And then we also have the Plants It program, which is more in depth to help you start and finish that book. Really flesh out, learn the key elements of storytelling and really start to get your kind of, uh, get your keys underneath you as you type. <laughs> yes, mine to manuscript is the big one. Okay. Uh, the Plants It Challenge, perfectly honest, is a perfect way for you to decide if you want to work with me. If you, you want know, to. Yeah. to not only get the information and get the process going, but See if we jive, you know, yeah. see if you do want to go into the bigger course, see if you do want me to edit your work. If you don't, great. I'm not going to be offended. You okay. know what I mean? Like you want to work with somebody you jive with. Absolutely. Especially when you're, you know, pouring your heart and your soul into something. And, you know, cause as an editor, I imagine you get your hands really deep into the content. Like you're asking questions too, as you're reading, like, where did this come from? Why is this coming out here? What's the intention? And so you want to have someone that you feel safe working with. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I had this whole rant in my last season podcast of just like, when you're looking for an editor, like red flags are when they start trying to change your story. Mm -hmm. 
And there are editors who will do that. They'll, I've yeah. read it today that people say like, my editor just told me that I need to change all this. And I'm like, the only changes they should be imposing is grammar and spell check. Right. It, yeah. If like no Christy changes, yeah. If I had Christy change anything, it wasn't the narrative. It was just answering questions that I had. You know what I mean? And, Christy says, Nikki is so easy to go along with just saying completely recommend. Guys, I cannot attest to her personality or character more. Like, Nikki, you've been in our community for three or four months, maybe? Four months. Since it feels like I've known you for a really long time. And that's because you're an incredible person. You're very open. You're extremely caring. You're always present. You're definitely always there for the community. You're just like one of my favorite people to see on our calls, truly. You give so much to our Design to Scale community. It's insanity. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions about your business since we've, yes. we've covered the writing side. Guys, go follow her. We're going to give you guys, I'll make sure to tag her in our stories um, and in the caption underneath this video. What did your business look like before you joined our community and Design to Scale? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I laugh because I literally just Googled, okay, how do editors find clients? And... <laughs> Normal, the normal route is to go on Fiverr to yes. go up work and hunt and beg and plead and mm. sell your soul or at least market it. You feel slimy doing it and yeah, nobody hires you. Um, <laughs> so that was before design to scale and beyond just the technical because, okay, initially the reason why I signed up was because Kajabi was a massive headache. And I'm like, if I'm going to continue using Kajabi, I need somebody to like expert this with me or for me or something. And I like I told them personally, I'm like, designing the scale is a better Kajabi tutorial than what you guys have <laughs> in your own tutorial. Like, they're like, did you use our help desk? No, I use Coral and Hazelwood. <laughs> um, so that. that that definitely got me out of Wix, so to speak, out of just the the plain you know page and actually yeah. the interactive and professional and pretty and clean but so i do i had brand new clients just kind of like look at it and go oh you're like different vibe you're this. legit <laughs> yeah yeah uh but also and i think this is a big big thing was the mental side i think out of all mm -hmm. of i got that more where i'm just like what the heck am i doing on these freelancing sites I'm not, a, I'm not a panhandler. Like I mean, like I just like, you do, you kind of feel like you're panhandling. And I was getting, um, I was getting overworked and underpaid on yeah. obviously fiber, but I started getting like scamming clients who were like, not major purchases, but just like, oh, you didn't translate this from uh, Mandarin Chinese for me. And I'm like, at what point did I say I knew, you know, things like that. <laughs> like, that was not part of the agreement. And then Mandarin like, not on resume. <laughs> right, right. And so you know, working with you in design to scale, and even just being part of the community really boosted my resolve to not do that. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know what? I'm not hunting anybody more. You're coming to me if you genuinely want to work with me. And if you genuinely want to work with me, I probably want to work with you. You know, if you see who I am, you see what I have to offer, and you still sign up for a consultation, we're probably a good fit, you know? You're a good fit. I, I canceled my, I don't have an Upwork account unless I'm buying something. You know, I don't, I canceled out Fiverr. I have one client from Fiverr who's like, wherever you go, I will follow. I'm like, yes, dude. He's an anthropologist like me. And I'm like, I will spell check your work till the day you die. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
it, that was the one good experience I had, but he's following me out of that. And he's like, wherever you go, he's like, do I have to pay you to reserve my spots? Cause I will like, that's the kind of person I want to work with. Yes. Like, no, you don't have to, I don't really want to work with you. <laughs> but you know, and so really just, that was a lot of trying to articulate standing on my own two feet and standing my ground. It was mm -hmm. a major thing that I got and really helped me scale so quickly. Like literally started this year with, well, crap, what now? And ending it with, well, crap, now I got to like restructure everything for an agency and I got to go file that and get contracts for my peeps now because apparently I have people. <laughs> so you went from kind of being stuck and having this idea to already after what, three, four months, it spiraling and now it's becoming an agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like completely by accident. You know, like I accidentally became a full-blown company. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. If, if somebody was considering joining our community, what would you say to them? I would say do it, like do yourself a favor, do it best investment ever and, and it's and I say this not just because the technical although yes the technical side is chef's kiss I got <laughs> she started doing that so now chef's kiss uh, <laughs> um, but just like the heart and soul that you and even Chateau put into it like you've been able to help me identify things that I didn't realize was standing in my way like I literally did not realize like until you asked me questions like so when did this happen to you? And I'm like, we're not talking about that. But but I, you, you recognize that I was. I see. I've, yeah. I've been in other business groups that I would I would have the same question, for example, and they'd be like, oh well, here's a band-aid solution. Next question. But you actually took the time, and you repeatedly take the time to be like, there's something behind the question. We gotta address that, and that has translated into like now when I log into my honey book, it's like you have X amount of value in contracts. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's not just about the money. It's not just about the technical. It's not just about like business know-how. It's about the heart behind it. It's about your mind behind it. And you really take the time to actually look at that. And make I care so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never met you in person. I hope one day I get to hug you, but like I genuinely do. I, I see so much of myself, not just in you, but like in every member in our community, really in you, because I have this same love for books and for publishing and for the written word. And I didn't get, I didn't get to pursue that dream. I chose a different one. Right. And so it's, it means everything to me that I can help you in any way, make that a reality for you because we need story in the world. We need more books out there. We need more people being heard, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I love that I've been able to to support you and kind of mirror back to you um, some of the things that you didn't know were stopping you. <laughs> Maybe have been. Yeah. Actually, the book that you recommended to me, I just recommended to someone else today this morning because she was telling me about her struggles, and I'm like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. I really but there. this lady recommended it to me and she's like, oh, it speaks to me so much. So just, you just keep passing on the love, you know? The ripple effect, it keeps going, the ripple effect. Um, Justin, who is a community member, has a question here. So we'll answer this question and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Justin says, would you recommend switching from Wix if you have already committed to it and why? <laughs> I would personally, I worked with Wix since it 
started. Like yeah. back in 2004 when you had like three templates and you were stuck with it forever. Um, <laughs> if you don't have a course and don't plan on doing a course, I would say stay with Wix. I would say that would be yeah. the one big decision. Wix does not have the capacity to, to support that. Um, because even if you're like, what if I have a podcast, technically you could use Buzzsprout or any of the other ones. And Another you, tool. <laughs> if you plan on having a course, definitely switch to a platform that supports it. And since Kajabi has added on the podcasting ability, yeah, I love that. That, that really is huge. Um, I'm still struggling with the emails, just full transparency, but <laughs> there are some things I'm just stubborn in, you know, but no, like having that podcast bandwidth, having the course platform bandwidth, uh, the sales pages, you know, if, if you're doing a lot of automations, definitely look to that. But if you're, I really say the course question is the one answer. Yeah. If, if you don't have that, there's a lot you can still do with Wix. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with Wix and Justin, because I know your your situation a little bit too. It might be something where you just want to look at Kajabi for the course portal functioning and connect that to your Wix. If you've already got a solid foundation, then there's ways that you can, you know, kind of connect the dots there. I don't recommend it, but every, every business is different, right? Every business is designed differently, has different goals in mind. So that might be something, Justin, that you and I want to chat about. Um, okay, final question. When's the plants at challenge? How do we join? And where can we find you to keep getting more books published out in the world? Yes. Okay. Plants at Challenge starts November 1st. And the hands-on show up to Zoom part is November 1st through 3rd. But I'm going to have you, like, tracking your progress for the entire month. Because NaNoWriMo is the whole month. So you're kind of paying for an entire month with me. So, I mean... For $25, please. For, 20, for 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm... I'm one of those people, I can't cut myself off from helping you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Careful, we talked about boundaries. <laughs> right, right, well, it's the stories. You gotta tell it good or I'm gonna get very upset. So, <laughs> um, And so I actually made it super easy. If you go to my, my bio here on Instagram, that link directly to the page. It's just boom, right there. I, I didn't wanna confuse anybody. I'm like, really, even if you're considering, well, maybe I want to work with you for a big book project, Join the Plants at Challenge. You're going to get a really good, and it's 25 bucks with the opportunity to still work with me for a book and not have to pay for it. I mean, that's there. So the, the, so that's the, you know, what it is, how you can sign up. And then what was the other question? Where we can find you. I'm going to link your Instagram profile. Are we best just to DM you? Yeah, you can DM me. You can also check out my website, which is www what my Instagram, <laughs> you know, NikkiAuberkit.com. I'm very easy. You want to email me? It's Nikki at NikkiAuberkit.com. You want to Instagram me? It's consistency. Consistency. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. I'll make sure that I tag you under the video. I'm going to link to your website because it is beautiful and I'm obsessed with it too. So I'll make sure that I that was you. That. That was, no, that was you. I just gave you a template. You did the work. Don't, don't take that credit. Um, that was all you. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with who maybe have an idea or don't know where to start? Check out my podcast. Like seriously, my, my first season was me figuring out how to podcast. So give me grace. Okay. Uh, but I rebooted it. It's pen and quill now because I Perfect. didn't realize that the writer's workshop was the name of like five other podcasts. I didn't do as thorough of a search by the way. Shout out to Sam in the group. 
she is the brains behind that whole like, hey, Nikki, you should probably change the name. And that just like, Bez there. <laughs> yeah, I have to give credit where credit's due. She's an amazing podcast expert. She gave me so many tips and advice and just helped me spur this. This month, what I'm really excited about, just for entertainment purposes, it's all Monster Mash. Oh, fun. I'm covering not just a traditional Hollywood monster, like Halloween monster, but like, why are we so obsessed with them? Like, what is going on? So last week was black cats and pointy hats. You know, what's up with the witch aspect? What, what, what are witches? Where do they come from? Um, and I will always preface, there's so much research, I cannot cover everything, but I will cover the main, like how it shows up in Hollywood aspects. Cause that's how- I'm actually gonna listen to this because I need podcasts that are not business oriented, that are just like interesting, fun, useful information. <laughs> yes. Not work. <laughs> this week, and I'm gonna start recording probably later today, this week is all about vampires. I think I'm gonna call okay. it that bites. Uh, <laughs> um, it's gonna be fast because oh my gosh, like recent literature is obsessed with vampires. Why? What's going on there? And as I've been doing my research and kind of thinking things through during my coffee walks, it's very, very deeply ingrained in what's going on in our society today. There's a very specific reason why we are obsessed with vampires right now versus back in the 80s or even 70s. There's a reason why the early 2000s rolling into now is just vampire time. So I'm gonna talk about that. Like, what are vampires? Where do they come from? Are they real? The question mark on that. So I'll talk about the archeology. span I think they might be. I'll, just a little sneak peek. I almost got to go on a dig in, the, in Eastern Europe because they found a 14th century cemetery where 90% of the burials were vampiric burials. What? Like something happened in this community all at the same time where people were absolutely convinced that the majority of them were vampires. Okay, well, I'm gonna pause you there because we have to send people to your podcast to learn yeah. about this. <laughs> Wait, I want to, next week is gonna be about mummies. Like, what's up with that? Why do we love mummies? What's the cool stuff happening there? Why is it Nikki's favorite film with Brendan Fraser? All those things. The last week, so the week right before Halloween, is going to be about zombies. Fun. As a particular passion of mine, because <laughs> the majority of my undergrad studies, for whatever reason, ended up being about zombies. It didn't matter what class I took, somehow we started studying zombies. Yeah. So this whole month is just gonna be so much fun. And I wanna carry this into November. Like what are some things with Thanksgiving that we should probably discuss? And then you know, how does it go into our narrative? Again, right. check today's post for a little sneak peek. Christmas, what's going on there? These are all things that like, okay, this is cool, but we carry them into our stories. That's yeah. why I talk about them. And also it's just fun. So. <laughs> That's Pen and Quill on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are. All the places. I just got the confirmation. Perfect. It is up everywhere. It's up everywhere. Good. And so I'll also put that in the show notes underneath here. Yes. And on our podcast. This is going to go out on our podcast tomorrow. So I'll make sure that the, all the links that you guys need are in the show notes underneath this video or underneath the audio if you're listening on the podcast. <laughs> and if you don't have any of the platforms, it's still on my website. Ah, uh, thank you, Kajabi. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Nikki, thank you so much for taking an entire hour out of your day to chat with us. Tell us all about writing and just sharing your spirit because like I said, it's so apparent to me that you're so passionate about